So I, I, I pushed the button and I got three green check marks. So, so that usually means that we're good to go. And I see that there's already comments appearing in the comment section. And so there are some people starting to file in. So uh, Steve, good to have you. Let's, uh, let's get the show rolling. I'm going to play the intro and then we're going to get right into this. Awesome. Thank you. Sir. I'm David C. Barnett and you're tuned in to Small Business and Dealmaking, the podcast, YouTube channel and blog where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things, I talk to interesting people, and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like and be sure to hit subscribe, and let's get to it. Steve. Uh, so uh, welcome to the program. It's great to have you here. Um, you are originally from Montreal, and I was there last week. I went and saw I went and saw the Smashing Pumpkins at the Bell Center and had a great time. It was an amazing show. The place was filled with people, uh, and uh, and you could just, like the city was just full of energy. You could tell people were excited to be out. Now look, Montreal is a great place. The um, the thing for me, David, is um, I was only two and a half years old when my parents moved to Philadelphia, so I don't remember Montreal much. Um, but from what I've been told by my brothers, it was a great place. I've spent most of my time in the west of Canada, but I haven't gone back to Montreal. Well, Steve, we've got you on here today. Steve Baltois, you are a storyteller, and we're going to be talking about storytelling and we're going to be talking about small businesses and we're going to be talking about marketing. And we're also going to be talking a lot about your story and the pivot that your business made uh, with all of the uh, public health measures that came about in the last couple of years with, with the, the pandemic and everything like that. Why don't we start off by, by introducing you so that people have an idea of what your background is, because it's a very interesting background in theater and film and television. And you just mentioned that when you were a young child, you moved to Philadelphia and so how does how did the, the move to Philadelphia put you into Hollywood and Australia and London and all these other places? Wow. Um, long story, so I'm going to keep it short. Um, but uh, when I was born, my parents moved to Philadelphia when I was two and a half years old, spent my entire life in America um, getting you know the joys and the opportunities that existed. But um, from a very young age, I loved the idea of telling a story. Um, I always say the the thing in um, grade four when my very first talent quest um, occurred, I was the one who was always on stage. And of course, we won. And that was the start of it. Um, growing up, um, I started my first business at the age of 14, David. And that was all about the care of kids in the city. And so that expanded to really more a babysitting birthday party business. But it was a story aspect to it. That led me to an opportunity where um, I got an agent or was founded by an agent, moved over to Los Angeles, um, where I then had the great opportunities of working in some of the biggest blockbuster hits. Um, I wasn't a supporting actor. I wasn't a, a lead, but I got the opportunity to work in places like CSI, um, Wolverine, the next three days with Russell Crowe. Um, and also I toured as a voiceover artist doing the voice of Scooby-Doo and so forth and a whole lot of theater. Um, and that just led me to see how powerful stories are. And so I became a senior producer, opened up my company in 2000, and then just simply kept traveling the world, listening to people's stories, which has taken me everywhere from London to 30 out of the 50 states of America 
and I've done every state in Australia. Wow. And, and so, okay. So obviously that, that initiation into the world of business from, a, from the beginning of your adolescence, I mean, you had this passion for theater, you got into the business, the show business business. And so the whole business aspect of things were, was always important for you. Can you, can you talk about how you went from maybe filling some roles? Cause I know in that industry, there's a lot of freelance work and people get picked up and hired for short-term gigs and everything. how did you get from that into the creation and production of your own shows, sort of being your, your, the boss of, of your productions? It was actually through the theatrical uh, tours that we were doing across America, um, doing the voice of Scooby-Doo, doing the voice of um, Goofy through Disney and so forth. And what I actually found was the actual making of a story occurs behind the scenes. Mm. And it was that amazing interest in how many people it takes to get a story across. What I wanted to do and what I've been doing since a young age was I wanted to make it interactive. Because the stories are great and movies are great, but it's 2D. Right. And what that means from the perspective of the viewer is you're given an opportunity to connect with the characters, but you're not really involved. And so it was that interactive component that allowed me to see, well, if there's interaction behind the scenes, there could also be interaction with the characters, the actors. And so that's what started iconic performances in these live theater events where we actually take the audience, we dress them up, we bring them on stage, and they become unscripted characters. And our perfect actors know how to improvise to give them lines that they don't know they're actually saying. And okay. so that actually started the whole process of being in show business and started iconic performances. It, it reminds me of some of these sort of murder mystery dinner theater type productions that uh, that I've, I've actually been a part of before. You know, I remember once, uh, but we 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 hit a target at work back in my Yellow Page days, and and the, <laughs> my manager wanted to celebrate, so she took us all to this hotel. And, and we all got our own individual invitation from a, a, it was a theater company and they were organizing this. And I was told, you know, this is your persona and this is how you're supposed to dress up. And I didn't have any lines or anything, but as we got there, the story unfolded and it was a, it was a murder mystery. We had to figure out which among us, yeah. you know, had murdered someone or whatever. And it was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Um, and, and that those murder mysteries have come off through the aspect of interactive entertainment. My company started in 2000. I'm not going to say I started it, but it was the revolution of turning these small entertainment events to putting it on stage and mm -hmm. putting it in actual in front of the actual audience. Um, and one of my biggest things that I'm currently working on um, is Drum Story, which will be the first ever 5D cinematic theater show. You're going to have to name the five dimensions. I mean, I know three-dimensional is the fourth one time. What's the fifth dimension? Well, this is the thing. And this is what um, often gets people um, so hooked into it, David. Um, our reality is 5D. And so what we do is we combine the two-dimensional, the silver screen, with the actual live actors on stage. And using a new technology called scrims, it makes this augmented reality where you're in time, space, and also all your other senses of hearing, seeing, and feeling. Okay, wow. All right. And that's called cool. drum story. So 
so take us back to 2019. Yeah. So what were you working on then when everything started to go down uh, just a couple months into 2020? So we we're working on a historical show on the discovery of gold in Australia. Okay. Um, and this was a live interactive show that was touring across Australia. Um, and it was based on the, the concept of business, but from a Chinese perspective of how they ran the discovery of gold in Australia to actually turn Australia into this huge monolith of a, of a continent um, in the 1850s in Ophir. Um, and so that was touring, that was, we were doing about 1800 shows um, that was booked in 2019. And it was getting rave reviews because we were getting the audience to actually come up and dig for alluvial gold. We were getting um, the people to come up and pretend to be those Chinese miners. Um, and it was based on a hilarious comedy parody of the discovery of gold, but it had that element of business in there because let's face it, the Chinese are amazing at running a business. Yeah. And, and so you were doing this and then all of a sudden March, 2020 comes and I, I'm guessing uh, interactive entertainment obviously isn't, uh, you know, going to be allowed when, when we're trying to stop germs from spreading. So can you describe sort of what happened in your business at that time? It, it, it stopped in such a halt that, yeah everyone um, freaked out. Um, we all know that the entertainment industry crumbled. Um, it was such a massive stop. And so from, from our perspective, having 1800 shows booked in um, 2020 of March uh, of that year, we basically were just running in our 15th show and everyone had to stop where they were. We had to decide, do we fly them back to their home uh, towns? Um, across Australia? Do we wait to see what happens? Um, because in Australia, what ex what we experienced was there was this initial lockdown, but we were still allowed to move. It wasn't until six weeks later than they, that they really came hard on us and said, nope, no, no interaction among the community. And at that perspective, um, my business, David, went from a seven, eight-figure um, industry to a zero dollar like that. Wow. Wow. Uh, reading Dave says that the show sounds like a fun show. I, I agree. It sounds like it was amazing. You got those great reviews. Uh, Kevin is here from central Florida. Good to see you, Kevin. Thanks for joining us. Um, and for all the guests that are watching live, feel free to pop in questions as we move through the interview. I'll, I'll throw up some of your questions. Uh, when, um, so, you suddenly were in this position where you had this, you know, forecast for this cash flowing going concern of a business. Then you were, you were all of a sudden you were all seized up. You couldn't do that anymore. You obviously had to make some kind of pivot to be able to pay your bills. And this is where we start to talk a little bit more about how you have brought the, the storytelling product into the world of business and working with your clients. Can you tell us a little bit about um, number one, why you decided to focus on on storytelling and and how you introduce this to the small business community yeah when everything happened during the pandemic um what i was hearing in the community is people no longer wanted to hear about people's pains and businesses who were 
unsure of what to do, especially the small, medium businesses. No one really was listening to them because we were also worried about the effects of being human, of socializing. Right. And um, because I've been a storyteller and, you know, so many people say I'm the ultimate storyteller. I was hearing these stories, David, and I was feeling the pain of small businesses. Um, I am very financially secure. So for me, my business was still able to remain open, but at a reduced cost. I mean, I was basically just trying to keep things uh, alive by the savings that I had. But that was that's not the case for many small businesses and medium sized businesses because yeah. the market changed. Customers no longer could go out and do the brick and mortar purchases. Um, businesses had to go online or businesses had to change and evolve. But no one was actually telling people how to evolve. So businesses were left in this real damp, swampy kind of world of their business sector. And what I, I guess, what was innate for me was stories validate us. I mean, we are not human without the ability to tell a story. When we look at our ancestors, since the day of cavemen, they were drawing images, telling stories. And the reason we tell stories is because we connect with that emotional charge. And this is what made me realize that I've been for years creating fictional stories that are hilarious, that are, that are horror-based, that are action-based, but no one really tells the story of a business owner. The idea of marketing your business was all about, here's my product, come and buy it. And small to medium businesses don't have the marketing budget that the big, you know, uh, Goliaths, the successful multi-billion dollar companies had. So they were always on the off foot. And looking at what we've been doing, both theater and film, and of course, in our interactive entertainment, the idea came to fruition that if we create or take a business, a small business product, and we turn that product into an entity, a character. We use the same process of what makes Hollywood successful. Tease that product to create an extraordinary moment with the listener, with the viewer. What happens then is your product becomes an actual story that validates it with the actual person's desires, wants, and needs. And this is what Hollywood does. So can, can you contrast that for just a moment because uh, with the stories, because a lot of businesses out there have stories around them, like origin stories and things like the Jeff Bezos story about starting the garage with the, the desk made out of a door and, you know, the, the FedEx story of, you know, how they, you know, the guy gambled his payroll, apparently, who knows if it's true or not. Like, so, so there are these legends or stories around certain businesses, but are you talking about something a little bit different? Absolutely. Yeah. What you're hearing in those stories that you've mentioned, um, the Jeff Bezos uh, FedEx, is personal stories. Mm -hmm. And that's great. But that works from a multi-billion dollar business where they already have an establishment. From a small to medium business, what they need to do is create those extraordinary moments that actually do four things. And that is nurture, attract, and resonate with their customers. And so what you do is you take that product different to video content, different to creating a marketing ad. You take that product and you make that product into the next 
Thor or into the next amazing character entity, but you tease it so that the, the actual product, the actual service actually has a story that people go, oh, that's interesting. I never knew that this product can be like this. So, so you're actually giving life to a product that is non-physical. So I, I remember that time and, and just, I, I love how you described that, you know, government rule makers were telling businesses what things not to do, but they weren't telling them how to change or innovate. And, and so a lot of business people, you know, sort of became creative. I saw a lot of interesting things. I saw uh, a local hotel put up a movie screen in their parking lot so they could keep their kitchen busy doing like drive-in movie night kind of thing out in the parking lot. I saw a lot of innovation and new ideas. You decided that you were going to bring the power of storytelling to small businesses. Can you give us an example of one of the people that you worked with and how you took them through this process? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the, the, one of the best examples was um, this van conversion uh, mechanic. So he would take old vans and he would ultimately change them into these new, amazing, you know, uh, Mysteria Inc. type vans, almost like Scooby-Doo. So, okay. you know, he would deck out the inside and turn it into, into a great RV or paint the outside with amazing colors. Um, when we first met him, his thing was, look, the work is great. I'm busy. I don't need anything else. What we said to him is, let us watch you. Let us film a couple of little samples and then put something uh, forward to you. And when we were watching him, what we discovered was he was like a music conductor and his van, his tools, his staff was the orchestra. So we created an actual video where we turned him into an orchestral conductor. Now that's not to say he was sitting there with his little baton playing around and uh, controlling music, but we actually added classical a classical background theme to him converting these vans in the same way a conductor follows the beats and the notes. And okay. what occurred was people resonated with that calmness, with that level of organization and expertise of a conductor that he started to get people driving their vans from Melbourne, which is nine hours from Sydney, up to wow. his business so that they converted. And this is the power of storytelling because all we did we showed his business. We showed him converting the vans and how he decks them out and how he uh, modifies them. But we created him as the musical conductor of van conversion. And so we created an extraordinary moment that emotionally charged people to go, hey, I want to know more. And so this footage that you produced, this clip, how did how did he use it in his business? Well, he put it through his Facebook page, uh, pages. Um, we uh, exposed that through digital media. Um, and um, through those little stories, um, people were calling him up because it had a call to action as well. And this is the thing about the power of storytelling. Not only does it tease, hmm. nurture, and attract, but apart from the resonating, it tells your viewer what to do next. And that could be, that could be anything. That could simply be, let me see your van. Bring your van over to me. Um, come in for a free drink. And that is the that is an important component that you may not get across on a hard printed copy because people don't really read and resonate with a copy, but we all resonate with a story. 
And, and so, you know, the way I'm hearing you describe this, it kind of reminds me of back in my college days when I was taking, you know, marketing classes where they were talking about, you know, brand identities and how certain people are going to resonate and identify with different brands. And, you know, some people are going to gravitate towards one brand of beer versus another brand of beer. And, and that these guys, you know, who are doing the marketing work, they're, they're trying to create a, a personality for that product. And what, what you're saying is that this is now obtainable by the small and medium-sized business. Absolutely, because you can use smart technology. And this is what we actually do within our business now in telling people stories. Not only do we create a high-quality Hollywood production teaser, but we actually show them how to make excellent content that improves their ability to tell the story because people could be um, shy. People may not know exactly what to say. It's the use of power words that actually create those powerful moments. And so you got to know when to say it, how to say it. And then what do you put in the background to create that visual stimulus? That's awesome. We have a, a comment here from Jimmy that just popped up. Loving the subject, I'm listening to the Audible book, Lead with a Story, and this uh, this live stream ties in with the book. Thank you. A great comment, Jimmy. Um, and so, all right, so so that was the van refitter. Um, and I think you were telling me before about another product, like a consumable product, smoothies or something. Can you tell? About, so, ah, yes. The yeah. Master of Smooth. Um, okay. That was that was our um, title for his for his event. Um, for well, for his business. So he was struggling um, coming out of uh, the pandemic. Um, people didn't know where he was. People were too scared to go out. And um, he had lost a lot of impact um, from his local community. So we went, he, he called us. Um, we looked at what we, what he was doing, because that's one of the things that we do. So it's not just like going up there and writing up a script. We got to feel what mm. goes on because you got to create that same feeling to actually hit a target audience. So we watched what he was doing and then we discovered that what he actually does, which is different to any other business is he actually masters the smoothness of that healthy drink into a very delicious and unbelievable tasty beverage. And that was his thing. Um, because he was all about being healthy. He wrote a book about being healthy, but no one knew who he was. So what we did was we actually created a script where we showed how he mastered the actual healthiness of a smoothie into this real tasty beverage. So forget about the healthy component because so many beverages can be full of sugar. His was different. His was full of healthy ingredients but had the same flavor as those sugary beverages. So in creating this master of smooth, people were actually going to his business simply because they resonated with him, that he had struggled being an, uh, an overweight person, that he wanted to find something that was healthy. And so his smoothie drinks, his coffee, his waffles became this master of just sheer deliciousness. To give you an idea, he was getting about one to three people watching his Facebook. When we did that story and we put it across TikTok, over 8,600%, he got 35,000 views in three, three weeks. His um, turnout from that was 22% of additional customers. Now, wow. um, it's Smoothie Operator. It's in Kirrawee, New South Wales, in Australia. 
Um, and it, his drink has now become this amazing thing in the south of um, uh, Sydney, Australia, and Sutherland, where basically people are going not just for the drink, but because they actually have, valid, have been validated with their own needs with his background story as well. So, so let's let's talk about this case because because you you're talking about you you produced some marketing content for someone and it was very effective. Their business grew right away. So, tell us about the before state. What was he doing before he did any of this? Was it simply that he was running a smoothie shop and and hoping enough people walked through the front door and and that was pretty much it? Well, he was struggling so financially. Yeah. He didn't have any money to actually do the normal marketing process. So what he would do was take photos, pop it into his Instagram, make a few comments, and he would get his loyal his loyal people that would be the, you know, a few people in the community who would still come by and say great um, great photo and so forth. But what he wasn't doing was reaching a target audience. He didn't have the capacity, the ability and the know-how of mm. doing that. So he was running his business post-pandemic not knowing where the market is, not knowing how to regain a foothold in that market um, because it's hard. Do you advertise your product? Who do you go to? Because let's face it, the, the world of marketing or video, uh, video marketing is so busy and so noisy. Um, what needs to occur is you need to remove that noise and actually find out exactly what your audience feels, wants, needs, and desires. And so he was struggling with just doing the basic of what most businesses do. Let's hope people will spread the word of mouth. Word of mouth is great, but if you can't get those people to be your walking, talking billboards through the validation of their stories, then word of mouth doesn't exist because it's so slow. Yeah, yeah. So when you when you produce this video footage you're talk, you're talking about the story what makes this different than for example <clears throat> uh, like a television ad that we're all familiar with from television that runs for a while and then has to be replaced with the next thing is there a shelf life to the the story clips that you produce or does it have to evolve can you tell us a little bit about that stories must always evolve um and i like to use the analogy david of the movie industry. Hmm. Successful movies become franchises because they're constantly restating certain aspects and adding to the story that created their fan base. So while the power of storytelling can, can have a, a, a great life of six to 12 months, the fact is that everybody changes, people's needs change. So you have to keep your audience intrigued and desiring what your product is. So your product needs to change. And as your product changes, your story must change with that product. Why have you added more ingredients? Why have you altered um, a, a new product? Regular updates is, a, is an important aspect. In regards to TV ads, you will see that what they often do is repeat the same story over and over and over again until there's a new campaign. You don't have to do that in the power of storytelling because it's not based on the actual campaign. It's based on the actual connection that your target audience has. Okay, so 
so then what would be the next step for the smoothie guy? Is it as he changes his products, then you go back and you you recreate the, the story footage that you've made? Well, the next thing is what we would call the live show. Okay. So um, what we do, and this is the interactive po- component, we've now nurtured the audience. Um, the audience are now interested in the product and they're coming and they're talking about it. They're becoming the walking, talking billboards. The next thing is to actually create a live show where we actually are filming live with actual customers in there. Because what that does is it actually shows it's real. Mm. Okay. Now, from our live show, which is um, uh, the interactive component, we go to the next aspect of what our proprietary blend is, and that is the actual theatrical side. So we take the story of his products, the updates and the regulars, the interactive component, and now what we do is we recreate a new venture for the master of smooth so that he's now the actual superhero. And this is where you start to bring in your testimonials. People who've been drinking his drinks and have a healthier life have lost weight. So our pain points are important here in the power of storytelling, but it's not the pain point of just the business owner. It's the pain point of the customer because when you open a business, you're opening it to actually add value to your customer. And this is one of the things that businesses fail in. So this kind of reminds me of that ongoing subway campaign about the guy who was walking and, and ended up losing the weight. And that's, that's kind of what you're aiming at as well. All right. Absolutely. Um, and, and that's what ma- that what's, that's what makes storytelling so effective. You got to constantly tell the tale. Um, if, if the tale ends, the head has nowhere to shake. Hmm. And so, all right, let's get back to, let's get back to your story then. So, so you made this pivot, you started to work with small, medium-sized businesses. I'm guessing that initially you were having to do a lot of this work remotely. You weren't able to go and meet people and, and do everything the way you wanted to, I'm guessing, right? Absolutely. Um, Zoom became a very, very big thing of our lives. And so what we were doing was we were actually training people through Zoom on how to actually film it. They would send us um, or they would upload it to Dropbox we would then do the post editing because you still want a high quality production. Um, in the words of TikTok, the life of today's video aspect is more about the actual resonating of the human side than the actual content of the product. Um, and so this is this is what we actually started to do. You send us this raw material. We will actually we will actually humanize it. We will make it personable so that people hear it and then they can actually um, resonate with what they see. Mm. You know, it's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of, of local businesses that I know of that I, that I know have very loyal followings and it's, it's a lot of these people know of the owner of that business. Like they, they, they feel a connection. It's, it's, it's almost like that, um, you know, that, that situation where people, people, you know, if they feel like they know the owner, they're kind of on the in crowd or inside uh, when it comes to that business and it makes them feel a little bit special. Absolutely. And, and this is why, um, again, if I, I, coming back to Hollywood, this is why Hollywood is the most successful business in the world. Because if you look at their fans, what they actually do is make that personable connection. This is why people love Robert De Niro, um, Jodie Foster, 
Zagoni Weaver, Brad Pitt, because they turn that human being into something that actually makes people go, yes, I can actually resonate, relate to that character. I want to be, I want to see Pat, uh, Brad Pitt. I want to get it. I want to hold his hand. And that's what you do with your product. You see, if you can turn your product into Brad Pitt without actually turning it into a, into a statue of it, you have done what Hollywood has done so well. Hollywood is the only business in the world that on premiere night, it will make a minimum of $6 million. If you get your product and tell the right story, it's guaranteed you will have that same capacity in growing your business. Because today, people want to know what value does your business bring to them? So for people out there that have a business that are realizing, hey, I've just really built something. It's all about the product. You know, I, I do a good job, but I've never really put, you know, and, and, and let's face it, throughout my career, I've met a lot of people who don't really do anything to do with marketing unless someone comes and knocks on their door and tries to sell them some ad space or something. And they might think about it. For, for people who've kind of been ignoring that, what what are the first steps of, of trying to figure out what this story should look like? I think it's a paradigm shift is the first thing, um, because the, you said three very important things um, just, just now, David, and that is um, the idea of ad space. You don't need a space in the advertisement world because there is so much room for people to hear your story. The mm -hmm. second aspect of it is that feeling of, well, I don't need for people to hear me, but you do. And so for these businesses that struggle with, well, I'm a small business, I don't need to be bigger. The fact is you don't have to be bigger, but you should change your mind shift in knowing or in believing that the way your business grows is by people learning about it, knowing about it, and trusting you. There's this wonderful thing of know you, trust you, like you. Mm. If people don't know you, they can't trust you. And the trust must come from somewhere and it's not the use of your product because people won't buy your product unless they can actually relate to it so for a small business owner who is in a position or if, worse they see it as a commodity they see that's it exactly as, right exactly the same as every other pro, you know purveyor of that product exactly right and if you're at the bottom if you're the small fish in a large pond the chances are customers won't go to you because there are other people who have a bigger business, a more credible business, and they will go there simply because of the fact that they know and heard that that product works from that business. But you may have a similar product. And this is why you need to tell your story. You need to actually change your mind shift is the first thing. The second thing would actually be to reach out to the experts. Now, there is no other business that actually scripts an actual movie trailer that then shows you how to do it, teaches you the ropes of yeah. doing it, and also films, produces, edits, and gives you a final product. There's a lot of video companies out there that give you video content, but they don't show you how to do it yourself. And if you're time poor, the best thing to do is to reach out to the stephendavid.com program where we actually get to show you through five different modules of your story and we show you how to get your story out there as well as giving you a final product.
it you know it, it it's interesting because you know so often when we talk about the world of small and medium-sized business we talk about that e-myth revisited book and mm-hmm. a lot of the time small and medium-sized businesses are run by technicians who are expert in the craft or whatever it is that they're doing and what you're talking about is you're talking about um you know sort of bringing in a a marketing expertise and so you know this would you say that this is kind of like the step for people who aren't at the place where they're going to like go employ a marketing agency or something like like it's 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 sort of along that path uh in that direction but it's not as big an investment as you know probably spending five figures with some kind of advertising agency to come in and, and do something with your company absolutely um we do target the small and medium businesses to give them the amplification that makes them look bigger than who they are um those five six figure businesses that you would go out to advertising companies you have to realize that what they do is they advertise your product and Mm -hmm. I, i always like to to say the idea of marketing is it puts your product in the market but it does not tell your story so your five to six uh, five to six figure kind of advertising budget will simply allow you to get your product on the market if you're established. Yeah. Okay. For small to medium businesses, you need to be known. You need to be heard. Uh, we have a bunch more people put some comments. Uh, Desmond says, "Hey, David. Hope all is well. Hey, Desmond. Good to see you. Thanks for joining us over on uh, LinkedIn." We're also live on Twitter tonight, but I haven't seen anyone pop any comments in here from Twitter. Um, one of the uh, one of the other, th- you know, we're this is November the seventh, uh, and we're we're fast approaching the holiday time of year. And uh, for all of you guys who are regular fans of my channel, you'll know that over Christmas time, I always do my holiday chat special offer, uh, which is basically people can can book a one hour consultation with me. Normally this is $250, but for holiday chat, it's only 75. There's a catch though. Uh, They're all recorded and they end up going out live over the holidays to people who are subscribers to my email list. And if you want to participate, you can do that anonymously. Um, And uh, if that's something that interests you out there in the audience, um, head over to my blog site, davidcbarnett.com. And if you go to the November the 1st blog post, there's the sign up link where you can sign up uh, to do one of those holiday chat posts. Steve, this has been, this has been a really great uh, talk, actually. Uh, thanks for reaching out to me. What was the name of the website again for people that want to learn more about your program? So it's steveanddavid.com. Steveanddavid.com. Yeah. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put that in the show notes. To make sure that it's easy for everyone to find uh, uh, who goes and looks it up. And um, and with that, thanks very much, man. It was good to meet you and see you here tonight live. It's been an absolute pleasure, David. Um, Merry Christmas. This is a great day of the seasons. Um, there's only, what, 52 days. I thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to tell our story. And the way I always like to end is to let people know, no matter what, keep on smiling because your story needs to be heard. And we are ready to hear your tale. Awesome. All right. Have a great night. Thank you. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy. 
head over to my blog site, davidcbarnett.com, where you can learn more about me and how I work with my clients. You can learn more about my books and the online courses that I've prepared for you. You can find out about how to subscribe to my email list, the YouTube playlist, etc. There's literally hundreds of hours of content there, all for free, and I'd love for you to be my guest. Special thanks go out to Jeff Alpaw Customs for being my tailor. Men all around the world can look dangerous, just like me, with the help of Jeff Alpaw Customs. JeffAlpaw.com. Use the code DCB10 to save. They handle multiple currencies and ship anywhere you happen to be. This episode of Small Business and Deal Making is brought to you by SMBPodcastNetwork.com. The network is a collection of podcasts and shows from around the internet, which focus on bringing you interviews with amazing guests who share actionable advice, ideas, and information for small and medium-sized business owners and entrepreneurs. Visit www.smbpodcastnetwork.com to find more great shows and easily subscribe to be notified of new episodes. It's a great way to discover quality content. And if you've discovered us today via the network, then I hope you're enjoying the show and will consider subscribing directly so you never miss any one of our great episodes.